The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Na, 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 come on! It's trade season, and we already got a three-team trade. Stars galore to different teams. We also get into the latest scandal surrounding a Golden State owner. Yeah, something you've never even thought about someone saying before. I promise you, your imagination will be expanded. Uh, It goes way off the rails. I also debut a new segment called I've Got questions and baby do I have questions about my guy Daryl Morey because things are getting strange and I'm not talking about Dr. Strange I'm talking about strange strange so all right Brock it's it's trade season let's go ahead and drop that This is the sound of the Woj Bomb. <laughs> I, it's just so dumb. That sound effect is so dumb. We got a three-team trade, folks. Three teams. So, is that the Demonis Sabonis, Jeremy Grant, Ben Simmons, De'Aaron Fox trade that has everybody all up in arms, their panties all in a bunch? Is that what it is? No, 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 no. It's not what it is? Oh. Uh, who is it then? Who would be important enough to require multiple teams to be involved just to get these players to move to new respective teams and to make the money work? Who could it be? What kind of caliber of player are we looking at? Wancho, Hernan Gomez, oh, uh, Bryn Forbes, PJ Dozier, um, Bull Bull. I'm going to be honest. Uh, the deal terms go as follows. Wancho goes to the Spurs. Brent Forbes to the Nuggets. P.J. Dozier and Bull Bull go to the Celtics. I, I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't know those players weren't already on those teams. <laughs> like, I saw the tweet, and I couldn't actually tell, like, are they already there or are they going there? Like, the only reason that I knew Bull Bull wasn't on the Celtics was because I just, I actually am in deja vu land. I just thought Bull Bull was traded, like, two days ago already. So he's been traded now twice. This is what's going on. Truthfully, it doesn't move the needle for me for this to be a, a three-team trade. The funny thing, though, or sad thing, really, is that my guy, Bull Bull, former Duck, 
has has literally been so aggressively discardable that that the Denver Nuggets went and traded Bull Bull. My man got to the new squad, which is how the whole thing goes. Can't do a physical until you get the trade completed. Gets to the new squad. Don't remember what the squad was. It's not the Celtics, though. And he fails the physical. Fails it. So he goes, like a bad penny, back to Denver. And then, <laughs> bing! Like a little, like, like what's that called? Uh, the boomerang. He's like, Bo Bo the boomerang. That's what his new nickname should be, the boomerang. Quack, quack. And so he goes back to the Nuggets. And they're like, shit, well, you got to have surgery, my dog. <laughs> or you're not going to pass a physical. So he goes and likes to have season-ending surgery, I think. And then literally, before he even leaves the operating table, they trade him again. <laughs> what has he done wrong? What could he have done? I don't know. Who is he Who is he making mad on the Denver Nuggets? Because, like, you got a roster spot. Like, he's not making any money. Like, why are, is it so important for you to move this man? Like, we still have two, three weeks before the trade deadline. Like, what are you guys setting up to do? Cold. Cold world for my man, Bull Bull. In other news, uh, let's do this Pulp Fiction style. I will read the apology first, and then you guess what controversy this is. All right. Golden State Warriors. All right, this is what they said. As a limited investor who has no day-to-day operating functions with the Warriors... Mr. Palapaptaya does not speak on behalf of our franchise, and his views certainly do not reflect that of our organization. Hmm. What could make an NBA team completely and utterly disavow 10% owner of the most valuable franchise in the league? What could he have said? What could he have done wrong? It wasn't like that other warrior uh, owner that attacked Kyle Lowry. It wasn't that one. He's like out of the mix, I think, now. 10% of the Warriors is now more worth more than the Pacers. So this man, he's a real deal stakeholder now. We're talking Chamath Palapheptaya. And if there is one thing that you can speak about right this moment, that is guaranteed to get the internet set ablaze is to talk about China, mm. which is what he did, folks. Yes, he did. He, he, but he didn't just talk about China, right? It's not just like the global China, not like just my man Hong Kong Daryl, where he tweets out, we're on a trip to China. Like, reads a random Washington Post article. He's like, Jesus Christ, do you see what's happening to Hong Kong these days? Like, he had just, he's a man of the world, Daryl Morey. Not like him, where he just puts out his tweet and then just moves on and then the world burns down around him. Like, compound that, compound that, all of the ramifications that you remember. If you need to pause this podcast and come back to me and Google what all happened, just do that now. Take a pause. Welcome back to the pod. Uh, if you want to talk about a China ratio that was worse than that, I'll show you the ratio. Oh, no. This is what he said, my man. 
on a podcast, my guy, Chamath, was asked about, hey, like Joe Biden has condemned China for their human rights abuses. Why do you think his like uh, approval numbers aren't going up? And before the man can even finish the question, he jumps in and says this. Nobody cares. By the way, let's just pause this for a second. Because if you don't know, if you don't know what's happening right now in China, let me give you a little primer. Because you might not know. There's over a million Muslims in China right now being held in concentration camps by Chinese officials and the Chinese government. It is an orchestrated thing being done by those in power. You may not know this because it's really not much in the news for a reason, because it's China. I'm probably going to get canceled now. So so they're asking this guy, hey, Biden, the group, the Muslim group is called the Uyghurs. That's what they're called. U-Y-G-H-U-R-S. If you ever see that in the news, just know that's what they're talking about. Bunch of people, disenfranchised, genocidal type stuff, right? Okay. So they ask him, hey, Joe Biden came out. First time ever. Anybody's ever condemned China about how they're treating the Uyghurs. They're all in a concentration camp. Like, why aren't people responding, Chamath? As if, like, we give a fuck about why, what he thinks about political, like, right. approval numbers. But he's on this podcast. And before the man can even, res- like, get his statement out, this shit is wild. He says this. Nobody cares about what's happening to the Uyghurs. Mm. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, okay. He said, if you're asking me, do I care about a segment of a class of people in another country? No, not until we can take care of ourselves will I prioritize them over us. Pause. No one said you had to make one more than the other. Can we walk and chew gum at the same time, Mr. Chamath, billionaire owner of the Golden State Warriors? He said this. This is where it gets even worse. Every time I say I care about the Uyghurs, pause. How often is that? How often is that? He said, every time I say that I care about the Uyghurs, I'm just really lying. I am just lying. Fuck. I don't really care. And so I'd rather not lie to you, people. So I'm going to tell you the truth. This is not a priority for me. (laughs) What? I mean... I'm kind of speechless at this, truthfully. Like, I am a proponent of giving the world the cold, hard truth, right? But sometimes there's a line, and you need to just stop before this. This is where you're like, okay. Uh, No one, because no one even asked him how he was feeling about the Uyghurs. They're asking about Joe Biden condemning what's going on in China. And then he's like, if you ask me, fuck him. If you ask me, let him die and rot in China, some random hole in the corner of God knows where. Let him die. I don't care. I'm worrying about my tax rate here in the United States. What? Excuse me. I think, uh, I'm not sure what's going on here. Like, it's hard for me to follow how this all could have taken place. But, listen, uh, I'm not following uh, 
everything that's happening in the news right now because I've got an NBA season to follow. Uh, But I think uh, the one thing we can all agree on is murder for no reason, uh, concentration camps. I think we can all just agree that's pretty bad. Murder, bad. I mean, it's like pretty... I know that it's like a slippery slope politically right now, but I think we're still all there, right? We're still all there? Okay. Uh, And the wildest thing to me is that this guy Chamath is from Sri Lanka. Uh, yeah, a nation with its own little checkered past of human rights abuses. Um, current U.S. Department of State description of Sri Lankan violations right now. Just right now. Today, I Googled this. Uh, this is the description of what's happening there. Significant human rights issues include unlawful killings by the government, torture in cases of cruel, inhumane, or degrading treatment or punishment of by government agents, arbitrary arrest and detention by government entities. I mean, the list goes on and on, but we will continue. Arbitrary and unlawful interference with privacy, restriction on free expression in the press, uh, including unjustified arrests of journalists and authors, widespread corruption, uh, let's look, uh, violence against women, uh, trafficking in persons, uh, crimes involve violence targeting members of ethnic minority groups. Ding, ding, ding. Crimes involving violence against lesbians, gays, bisexuals, trans, and intersex persons. Right on you, government website. Like, that's very PC of you to have all these people included. An existence of use of laws criminalizing same-sex sexual conduct. <sighs> Shish. I need a, a drink of water. Um, and this is where this man is from, right? He was a refugee. And it's almost like he was. This is what it was. And it's almost like he says, meh, listen, what immigrant hasn't had to escape from a country that participates in human rights abuses, really, if you ask them? Like, if you ask them, what do you think that they're escaping from? Right? Why would they be refugees if there wasn't shit like that going on? So fuck them. Fuck them. Listen. What's happening to the Uyghurs? It's just a Wednesday for me, baby, in Sri Lanka. And look at me now. I'm a billionaire. Pull yourself up by your fucking bootstraps, Uyghurs. Come on now. Escape like fucking Andy Dufresne, why don't you? you to- <laughs> like what? Fuck those kids, basically. Like, co- like clockwork. We got a heartfelt apology, though, from our man, Shamoth, written by, I'm sure, a PR agency. And this is what he wrote, or this is what was written for him. In re-listening to this week's podcast, which he definitely didn't do, I recognize that I come across as lacking empathy. I mean, you think? He said, fuck them. Fuck them. I do not care. And if I tell you I'm caring, I am lying. Yeah. As a refugee, this is what he says, as a refugee, my family fled a country with its own set of human rights issues. So this is something that's much part of my lived experience. To be clear, my belief is that all human rights matter. (laughs) Whether in China, the United States, or elsewhere. Full stop. And that's a lie. And that is a lie. I would have almost respected him on one level if he would have just come out and said, yeah, like, I still mean it. I meant it then. Fuck them Uyghurs. I stay fucking them Uyghurs every day. If you want to, like, take my ownership away, I'm standing on this rock. Listen, like, Daryl Morey said free Hong Kong, and I'm, like, in prison Uyghurs. Like, that's the opposite side of what Daryl Morey got in trouble for. Why are you coming at me? Like, I thought we were pro-China here. Like, I don't know. 
there's just no chance this apology is sincere at any level. So we've got, as a result of this, the NBA's version of a player that's the full thorn in the side of Adam Silver. His name is Ennis Cantor, Ennis Freedom now. I mean, this is how you know he's a thorn in the side. He's changed his name, so we have to call him Freedom. Uh, he tweets, when the NBA says we stand for justice, don't forget there are those who sell their soul for money and business, like Chamath, who's the owner of the Warriors, who says nobody cares about the Uyghurs. When genocides happen, it's people like this that let it happen. Shame. Well, no wonder Golden State decided to come after uh, this guy Chamath. I'd be very uh, surprised if uh, he didn't maybe lose a piece of his ownership or lose his full court seats or something. I don't know. And also, did you know that Celtics games right now are still being banned from uh, from China? Like, no, no Celtics games being broadcast in China right now because of Ennis Freedom right now. Just that's why. And also all Sixers games um, because it's not – it's not about the Houston Rockets, which is what was initially banned. It's wherever Daryl Hong Kong Mori goes uh, that's banned in China as well. So all that money that the Sixers would have gotten, now it is just a dead zone, black zone. Hong Kong Daryl. All of this to say, listen, there's a lot of issues right now that are untouchable. But the only one I can say will rile up both sides' defense conservative like Ted Cruz has come out Marco Rubio's come out now about this guy talking about the Uyghurs like they give a fuck about the Uyghurs like truthfully they don't care this is just all posturing but if you want backlash from the left and the right talk about this this is what you do like conservatives progressives all of them hate anyone who takes any stance I mean any stance on anything related to China and what's going on there and uh as someone who likes my job that's all I gotta say about that. Uh, I'll give you music. Let's get some music. Krista Crick, and I have questions. Today, I have questions about Daryl Morey. Why won't Daryl Morey just move Ben Simmons? I've got thoughts. I do. I've been thinking about this a long time now. There's a lot of speculation. Like, why won't Daryl Morey just move on? He doesn't want to be there, Ben. He's never wanted to be there ever since this playoff debacle where you threw him under the bus. Like he said, he's never playing for you again. He won't even show up. And you just consistently think his price and his value is is higher than everybody else thinks it is. So, like, why won't Daryl Morey face what everyone is feels is so obvious, right? Like, I just don't understand it. Even with Joel Embiid's prime being wasted, right? Like, Joel Embiid's playing the best basketball we've ever seen. Like, from him specifically. He's been the best player in the last three weeks in the NBA. 
and he's on the worst rebounding team, as we've talked about. He's on the worst defending team in the NBA. Like, everything has gone to shit around him, and they need that player that's missing. They need somebody back for Ben, and they've turned down De'Aaron Fox. They've turned down shooters like Buddy Heald. They've turned down shot creators uh, like C.J. McCollum. They've turned down guys in the front court that can help Joel Embiid like Demonis Sabonis, guys like Miles Turner. They've turned down goddamn everyone, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Daryl Morey, I'll hold him on for years. I'll let him rot. That's what he said. I'll just let him rot as long as it takes. My asking price will not change. No. It's like, Daryl, you're not being logical. Why won't you be logical? Like, I just do not get it. And people are like, oh, you know, Joel Embiid and Daryl Morey are aligned. I mean, why are they aligned? I don't know. Daryl Morey has always gotten close to the stars on his team. And that's actually what made the wheels in my head start to turn. Huh. Now we're getting reports that James Harden is open to other destinations other than Brooklyn. There were reports a year ago when James Harden was traded to Brooklyn that his number one choice was Philly. There are reports that James Harden doesn't exactly love Sean Marks, doesn't exactly love Joe Sy, would rather be with a guy who he feels is his guy, Daryl Morey. Hmm. So this is what I think is happening. I think Daryl Morey is waiting and wishing and hoping and putting all of his capital, like, like what is this, James, what is this, Jack, Jack Johnson, wishing and hoping. It's like that. He's wishing and hoping and praying and putting all of his little eggs in the basket, all of his $10 million eggs in one basket, and that basket is a man in the baby blue fat suit. And he's hoping that he can get James. And I think he and James are talking. I think he and James feel some sort of connection because Mike D'Antoni turned James Harden into the MVP of the league. He was a sixth man, and then he became an MVP, and James hasn't been the same since that. All that combo has gone together. But Daryl Morey didn't fucking turn James Harden into the MVP. Mike D'Antoni turned James Harden into the MVP. D'Antoni's not there. Doc Doc Rivers is not going to do that. We know that. So... You know, I think what's happening is Daryl Morey is trying to save face. Daryl Morey is letting his emotions get to him, and the emotions for him are revenge. Emotions are feeling that he was 100% correct in wanting Ben gone from the beginning because, let's be honest, as soon as Daryl Morey stepped foot in Philadelphia, he was trying to move Ben Simmons for James Harden. That was his plan all along. And because he was Hong Kong Daryl, right? Hong Kong Daryl soured the soured the roots of everything going on in Houston. And then it just it literally was like a ball of shit rolling downhill, just getting faster and faster and faster, about to squash somebody with fecal matter, right? Ugh. And then Houston exploded. You have a new owner that like made his living selling low-priced seafood in Tillman Fertitta, who I call Tillman Fertitta. Tillman Fertitta, Daryl Morey. Daryl Morey, for a very long time in Houston, just had like basically what he has now, carte blanche. You do whatever the fuck he wants, pull the trigger, green light, whatever. No, hey, hey, can I do this? No oversight, no organizational control, nothing. And then Tillman Fertitta comes in with his little shrimp fork, and he's like, hey, um, 
can you run your thoughts and ideas by me? I own the team now. And Daryl Morey's like, whoa. And then he goes all Hong Kong rogue, and then shit goes to hell in a handbasket, right? So that's how that relationship sours. Mike D'Antoni gets fired. They bring in Russell Westbrook for no reason. Daryl Morey goes to Philly, tries to get Ben out the door because he's not at all the player that he wants at all. He wants Harden. And Tillman Furtado's like, fuck you. I'm not trading you Ben Ben Simmons for James Harden. No chance. I don't care. I'll take guys that are worse. I don't even know in that Nets trade who's there on the Houston Rockets right now. I don't think anyone. I think it was Victor Oladipo and Torrey and Prince. You got guys going to Cleveland. Like, the trade don't make no sense. You could have Ben Simmons, and they said no, because that's how much they hate Daryl Morey in Houston. So Daryl Morey's like, you know what? I'll do it however I want. I'm going to get my way. I'm the fucking man. So I'm going to wait. I'm going to hold Ben Simmons hostage, and I'm going to get Harden. That's what I wanted to begin with. And, you know, what's the greatest fuck you to the Houston Rockets is if you still get Harden and you have to pay way less. If Harden ends up a free agent and Harden says, yeah, I got my ring in, in Brooklyn, or he doesn't, and I don't think I'm going to, and I want to play with Joel Embiid, and I want to play with my guy, Daryl Morey. Who knows? Then you just do a sign-in trade. You don't have to give any picks. Maybe one first-round pick. You give Ben Simmons off. Nets have to take something. They can't just... Maybe they get Tobias Harris. Maybe it's a three-team trade. Who knows? But if James Harden wants to go to Philly, and he's telling Daryl Morey that he wants to be in Philly, which we don't actually know if it's true, but if that's the case, Daryl Morey is going to wait to this free agency offseason for Harden to say, no, I want to try a new destination. And then it's in their hands. And then it's in their control. Hmm. That's the only thing that makes this make sense. But who knows if that's going to even be the case, right? And I promise you, though, if he does not get I, – I am stamping my flag in this now. There's no chance – that Ben gets moved before the the deadline. No chance. Before February deadline, February whatever it is, 9th, 10th, 15th, whatever it is, changes every year. No chance Ben Simmons leaves this squad because that's what he's waiting for, right? If he's waiting for Harden, then it's going to be the summer, and maybe it's not the summer, maybe it's February. Yikes. And all I'll say is this. Ownership, the birdies have told me today, is already tiring of this because I've heard what I've heard this from like Jake Fisher at the Bleacher Report. I've heard other other reporters say, "Listen, Daryl Morey has carte blanche." Daryl Morey had carte blanche at Houston. He's not there anymore. Phil Jackson. They said, "Oh, Daryl Morey has Phil Jackson treatment." Phil Jackson is no longer a New York Knicks executive. Your rope. As soon as things sour and the league turns on you and nobody wants to do business with you anymore and your reputation takes a hit because he's a fucking joke right now. Everybody's making fun of him. And if ownership decides, like, you're no longer worth that $10 million and all that carte blanche and power, and Joel Embiid decides, like, you know what, this is not, this is whack. I am no longer aligned. I need somebody to play with. You're gone. And I think if Daryl Morey does not get James Harden, I think it's, I think it's a wrap. I think it's all, (laughs) I think it's night-night. I think it's a random consultant job with some random fledgling team maybe in Canada maybe somewhere maybe in Hong Kong who knows Sharks. <laughs> because 
This guy, Daryl, has no logic. He is operating entirely around emotion. And the problem with that, like uh, my guy, been getting really into Marvel. Been getting really into Marvel. My guy Jude Law, Yon Rog, in Captain Marvel said to Danvers, who's Captain Marvel, he said, listen, anger only serves the enemy. And I promise you, all of those other executives right now are Daryl Morey's enemy, and every decision that he makes based on emotion and not logic is just digging a deeper and deeper hole that's going to be more and more difficult for him to get out of. So he's got to learn. Daryl, you follow me on Twitter. you got to learn to control those emotions, baby boy, because the tea leaves are speaking. Tea leaves are speaking to me, and they're telling me the ownership is already sick and tired of this bullshit. Because how could they not be? How could they not be? You can go from genius, like everybody in the league thinks you're a genius, to an unemployed nuisance in a matter of that. So make that trade. Make that trade. That's all the time that we have for the Heat Check. We'll be back Friday morning with a new episode. Do not forget to download, subscribe, tell all your friends. And follow us on social at This Heat Check. Just a click on TikTok. And of course, no trolling. Stop trolling. Let me tell you who's doing sneakers the best in the game right now. That's New Balance. The two-way V4, featuring this groundbreaking use of technology with fresh foam, it's called Fuel Cell, creating this combination that we love of rebound and cushioning. Fresh foam offers unparalleled cushioning for maximum comfort your entire game from start to finish. The upper construction features this lightweight textile that reduces weight, which we all need, I know I do, while remaining supportive and breathable. Hard to find that combo. The two-way V4 gives you the tools that you need to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way V4 at newbalance.com.